Hey everyone, this is Laura Bolgreen, and today we will be reading Genesis 13. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward Bethel, where they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land, as far as you can see, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that, like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. If you've been following along, you know that Abram has been called by God to follow him into a future filled with promise. The promise of land and children and the promise that his family would be a blessing to the world. When Abram got to the land that, that God had promised him, it was already occupied. But Abram believed the promise of God that it would one day be his. And he built an altar there as a symbol of his trust in God's promise. Eventually, a famine came, which drove Abram out of that land and into the land of Egypt, where Abram began to make decisions out of his own survival instincts rather than trusting in the Lord, lying to the ruler of that land in order to protect himself and gain wealth for himself. And eventually, the truth came out, and Abram was sent out of the country, and that is where this chapter picks up. That background is necessary and, and striking to me because of verse 4, which tells us that Abram had made his way back to that place where he had built an altar to the Lord at first, and there he worshiped God again. And this is a, a powerful picture of repentance, of returning, of a tangible remembering of the promise and word of God, even after Abram had been wandering around for a bit. We could wonder all day what that detour into Egypt was about. Was it a faithless move on Abram's part, seeking protection and provision from people rather than trusting God to provide in the place where he sent him? 
Or maybe was it an intentional move that was somehow God-ordained and God-directed in order to build up Abram's wealth and resources for the next part of his journey? I mean, was it just an honest mistake? (laughs) Honestly, I have no idea. And in areas like this where scripture isn't entirely clear, it's generally not helpful to try to pin down the exact motives or reasons or details too much. To me, the most compelling part of this is that whatever the reason for the detour, good or bad, right or wrong, led by God or caused by disobedience, God brought Abram back. He brought Abram back to the place where he started and to where he wanted him to be. And to me, this is really, really good news. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that it's easy in my life to get really hung up on what my exactly right next step is. I fret and I worry and I struggle because I so badly want to discern the will of God. But unfortunately, instead of making me trust and love him more, that often just produces fear in my heart. Fear that I'll get it wrong, so I become too anxious to take any step at all in case I accidentally ruin everything. And what a masterful plot on the part of our enemy to make sure that we stay paralyzed, never moving toward the promises of God, but all the while thinking we're being faithful just because we're not risking stepping into anything wrong. But here we see a different picture. Abram followed God into the promised land, and then he left, and then he came back. And the whole telling of the story is very unfussy and unconcerned about the the whole process, the bumps along the way. It simply brings Abram right back to where he needed to be, very matter-of-factly, and then the story keeps moving. We see that the detour into Egypt had an effect on Abram, too. He and his nephew Lot had both accumulated so much extra wealth that they could no longer inhabit the same space peacefully, so they needed to separate. In Egypt, we saw Abram making decisions based on what would serve himself, preserving his safety, building his wealth. But here, after Abram has returned to the altar he built, after he has remembered the promise of God, we see him living more open-handedly, offering Lot the opportunity to take his pick of the land, to choose where he wanted to go first, and Abram would simply inhabit whatever was left. And it seems that God honored that humble decision and action. As Abram moves into his new land, the Lord meets him again and reaffirms his promise. I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants. And your descendants will be so numerous they can't be counted. Go, walk around a bit, check it out. It's going to be wonderful. And there, Abram builds another altar, another reminder, another declaration that he believes that he's in this journey together with his God heart, and soul. So what about you? What catches your attention from this story today? Do you ever find yourself afraid of making a wrong move or getting really overly concerned that God's promises are fragile enough to be broken if you make a mistake or take things into your own hands or that they are small enough to be missed if you take a wrong turn? Through the picture of God presented in this story, could you dare to believe in a God who is bigger and better than that, who will always invite you to return to him and to his promises, who won't shame you for walking away, but who will always welcome you back and continue to lead you forward with kindness and with hope for a really good future? God, we pray together that we would believe in that picture of you, 
more today and more every day. Uh, May we believe that you are who you say that you are, a really good father, a really good shepherd, a really good God who loves and cares for us and is faithful even when we're not. Uh, May we know that to be true, and may we trust you more and love you more because of it. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.